0: It's the fourth week of our relentless podcasting competition and this time the contestants have tortured themselves with a week of having to make a comedy podcast about self-help that's a game show. Will they self-actualize? Find out on this week's episode of America's Next Top Podcaster. from America's Next Top Podcaster, the reality competition show that gives you one week to distill your skill and creativity into a 10-minute podcast that will be used against you in a court of law. I'm Bobby Frankenberger. It's week four of our competition, and the teams have had a very rough judging night. Not only did three of our contestants go home in a single night, but the remaining nine contestants were shuffled up and placed onto new teams with people they've never even met before. As if that weren't enough, they were put under the gun with their new teammates and asked to create their own challenge by each picking an attribute that would describe the type of podcast that they would all have to make. Maybe the pressure was too much and they weren't thinking straight, or maybe they're all just podcasting masochists who want to be tortured. But in the end, the team settled on having to create a comedy podcast about self-help that's a game show. That is definitely a challenge that I'm glad I don't have to do. The first team we're going to check in on this week is the newly formed team made up of September McCready, Casey Jeromebeck, and Bill Meeks. They called themselves the Questionable Ivory Drinks. Knowing this was going to be a difficult concept to work with, they immediately got to work figuring out what their self-help game show comedy was going to look like.
1: That's it, but, you know, I think, I think this is a great challenge uh, for yeah. sure, uh, just because, you know, there's so many weird limitations on it that, There's a lot of room for creativity, right? If Bill
2: wants to edit, I'll call PM. I
3: don't feel good about writing a game show. Okay. I could go. Well, so as far as... as I can do it. As long as we're all brainstorming about the form, I can do it.
2: So I was talking to Bill before you jumped on, and I had this idea. Remember the old $100,000 pyramid? The final game on each episode? Where one person would, uh, they'd be able to see like the the answers and they'd have, but they have to give clues and,
1: you know, whatever. So I was thinking of something like that. I almost think that might be hard be- because it's purely audio. And, you know, so much about the $100,000 pyramid is the pyramid, right? And you can't really see the pyramid. It might be better to model it on something more, like, quiz show oriented, like Jeopardy, maybe. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, I do know one of the notes that we got from the judges was that at times it felt... A bit mean spirited, so I think I think if we do this sort of thing, we need to find some way to end on an uplifting note, which is you know just basic you know standards of sketch comedy. It's better to end on an uplifting note.
3: Um, if we only had two voices, we could do it framed more like structured more like Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, where yeah. you're going further and further and further. And have lifelines and that can be funny and silly. Uh, And this is
2: going to sound dull, but I know that we can build on it. But so like it's a millionaire type show and we ask a question, a legit question and give the four answers. And then if they get it correct, then we kind of go on a little blurb talking about it a little more. I'm looking at the self-help part of this. Like we have to, Mm -hmm. we have to kind, we have to, there has to be a message somewhere, right? Yeah. Okay, Mm -hmm. So what I was thinking is some kind of show where, you know, the host asks a question, you know, meditation is good for the following except, and then, you know, uh, sleeping better at night and being able to handle crises and yada yada, something
1: like that. You know what? Because we're talking millionaire, right? And that's like a very like sort of like, that's like a pressure cooker, right? It's like reach and... The contestant like sitting there like, and it's really uh, tense. So how do we bring that tense, tenseness to it in an audio format? And uh, you know, kind of tying back to my idea too of maybe giving some sort of through line to it. Um, we,
3: the, the tension can be created the same way Millionaire did fairly easily. Mm-hmm. They, they used a soundtrack that was similar to a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. The,
1: the comedy aspect is hard because, yeah. you know, you know uh, just like little one-liners and stuff, um, they can wear thin without something gluing them together. I know that my improv teacher's always impressed upon me that if you're up there uh, just cracking out one liners you're not you're not doing comedy you're doing it was like it's kind of masturbatory like i don't know cuz we can either completely fictionalize a game show or do funny questions so i don't know which direction we want to go i kind i put a premise in there and then threw in
2: you know potential questions that could be asked and i made a multiple choice and i made it so that there's one clearly wrong answer that the contestant will always pick. Okay,
3: here's my other concern. Most comedy has a victim. And we talked about the host being outrageous and the questions are bad and everything. Mm-hmm. And we talked about the guest and the contestant being silly and outrageous, and but learning through it. Um, and the, I think we have to be very, very careful because of the self-help thing. Because a lot of that woo and self-help, we have to be very, very careful, in my opinion, to not victimize any people who actually have mental health or addiction issues. Right?
1: Just kind of like the idea of the character of this host who is just like he's all in on self-help, man. Like, he he bought the books and he he paid for the infomercials and got the tapes.
3: He really wants to be a life coach, but he's a game
1: show. (laughs) Well, and what we could do is, is like, personalize it. Like, we
2: say it's, you know, self-help week or mental health week or whatever, and then he goes into, like, just a, I don't know, a short little ramble of, you know, uh, uh, I was on the streets and I was homeless, and then I ran into or I went to this class or read this book or something, and now I'm here.
0: The new team, Questionable Ivory Drinks, seemed to be getting on well and making a lot of progress toward a show concept. Casey was going to be the project manager, Bill the editor, and September the writer. They were ready to bring their idea to Tom, their podcasting coach, and hear what he had to say this week.
4: Hello, Um, Team One.
2: Yay, Team One. All right, so here is our premise... It's going to be like a normal game show, but this edition is going to be like a special one, you know, where like like they'll have like uh family feud, but then they'll bring on like wrestlers or celebrities or whatever. We'd have uh, three segments. We would have the first segment would be like fill in the blank. Second segment would be multiple choice. So, yeah, and then we were going to put in like a, a parody ad for a uh, self-help company or something that is uh, sponsoring the show this week.
4: Okay, so you're gonna you're gonna try to satisfy the self help element with that.
2: Oh, it's that, but then it's also gonna be within the
3: the questions or all the content will be about self help. You know, and the bit comes in, the comedy comes in with the contestant gives always chooses the wrong dumbest answer.
4: Well, uh, this is ridiculous. This is a ridiculous uh, <laughs> set of set of topics. Uh, especially because, as I you have heard me say before, comedy is the sure way to lose. Uh, you, I, I'm going to be extra firm on this this week. You are not going to be funny. That's where you are. You are not going to be funny. No matter what you think is funny right now is not going to be considered funny by the judges. So you need to make sure that you're not going to do the non-funny things and that your funny is really funny, which means not obvious, which means surprising, which means timing, which means pace. Uh, you, I would go, I would literally go and I would study uh, comedian tips, find tips online that tell you how to be funny in a podcast. Where you've increased the difficulty factor is adding self-help to that. Um, one way to do that is like what you were saying, make, make the host a self-help person, uh, who wants to, to work that in. Okay. Yeah. And
3: we were taking that. Comedy advice from people like Brushwood and, and Bill talked about of going further and further and further than you think. Yep. And I think that's yeah, yeah, very tough totally.
4: about it. Sometimes I've heard comedians say, like, write the joke three times, you know, write it to where you think it's funny, then make it even funnier, then make it less expected. <laughs> and, you know, just like just just push yourselves. I know you can do it. It's just a it's just a matter of of doing the work. Uh that's that's what people don't realize about comedy. And what I've learned from other from people who are actually comedians is uh, Comedy is hard work. Yeah. It's, you, you know, I, I think everybody on the outside, we all think like, oh, you just come up with a funny thing to say. And and the fact is, it, it's a grind.
0: With that great advice from Tom, the team went back to work writing their script.
4: So my my question
2: then would be like, what would the question be? It wouldn't, I don't feel like it'd be believable if you, you know, posed a question such as, you know, who wrote... X quote. I feel like the answer would have to be, like, super general.
3: You could do that less obvious misunderstanding, like they haven't heard it, but they're like, you know, how it helps those who help blank. It's like, like, helps other people. Because then you've got this sincere, it makes sense for an answer, but it's still wrong. 10 minute format is so freaking hard for everything. Well, it is, it is, but it's not. I think it is. Would you watch a 10-minute game show? Well, no, but... I mean, listen to it. It well, should almost seem like we're seriously trying to do a show. Right. We're seriously trying to get self-help info out. Right. The tone was funny, not on purpose is the only way it's going right. to end up funny.
1: What if we called it something like Smart Sports or something like... or No, not Smart Sports. Like, something way more generic, like... Uh, and I mean, you know, if you guys outvote me that's totally fine, but I, I don't know if the joke works for me. We just need we just need a little bit more of an explanation for why it's about self-help and not pop culture. I think because
3: self-help that gets is a trendy thing and we make references well, to it in the rest of the show.
2: Plus it doesn't it doesn't matter. Like I don't know, like Jeopardy doesn't change their name because they do a Uh, sports episode or something like that, you know?
0: With a script nearly complete and the team getting ready to record their game show, project manager Casey Jeromebeck sat down with me to talk about the struggles of working on a team of new people and his strategy for success in the competition. Alright, here I am with Casey, the project manager for the team what What? questionable ivory drinks right correct yes <laughs> um which is clearly an amalgamation of the fact that all three of you are f- from the previous three teams pretty much yeah we thought it would be we thought it would be
2: meta af and well <laughs> and like the thing was you know my argument was i didn't want uh i didn't want the the name ivory microphone to really go away
0: I think all the teams are feeling feelings about how things happen, but you guys are, are moving forward. You're going on, you're doing the challenge and you're continuing forward. So it's a common sentiment I've found in these various seasons of this show that, uh, that the one thing people don't seem to be prepared for is how much they're going to enjoy working with all these other people and not want to stop, you know? Mm -hmm. Well,
2: and you know, I, I don't want to stop like, um, you know, I, my goal is to win this thing, like, and nothing, nothing else will be, will be good enough for me. I'm going to do everything I can to make our team win, you know, so that if and or when we do finally lose, it's going to be damn hard for the judges to come to me and say, you know what, you're out. Yeah. You know, with that, like this week, I wanted to be project manager because I, I knew that it would be, it would be different. I wanted to kind of, uh, control it, I guess, you know, because I, I feel like that's something I do well. Well,
0: you know, if you have a sense of of what can work and right. you have a you have a feeling about about how you think you're going to move forward successfully, then being the project manager is a good way. The first project manager, not a bad idea, right? Because you get to set a tone for your new team.
2: Yeah, I think shortly after, you know, our new team was put together I got this sense that, yeah, you know, I'm going to have to keep this team tight and I'm going to have to do everything I can to make sure that, you know, either we win or I'm not the one going home. And, and and in a way that's kind of sad because like we're a team, right. But my team, my team is very talented. I believe, you know, Bill, Bill, especially September is really good too. But, From what I have seen in our interactions, I feel like that, you know, there's going to have to be a lot of supervision. There's going to have to be a lot of, you know, keeping people on track. In the end, it all comes down to the fact that I'm going to do everything I can every week to make sure that I personally am not the person going home. This week, you know, it's been good. Like the three of us have gotten along and we've been able to mesh out a pretty good idea, I think. But I don't know how to best say this. I've had to do a lot of the work myself. And again, that's not a knock on anybody, you know, whatever. But I've been called on to do a lot of the work myself, which is fine. Like I said, I want to put as much of my footprint on this as possible. I think one of the things one of my teammates, first things one of my teammates said was, I'm not going to be available this day, this day, this day, this day, blah, blah, blah. Right? I, you know, honestly, I I'm just going to say this outright that doesn't really super fly with me personally. If you're committed to this competition, then you're committed to this competition. Yeah. We all have day jobs or whatever, but, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but if your day job is severely interfering with this competition, you know, that, that doesn't fly with me. I don't partly because I, I feel like everybody should have the same kind of outlook on this as I do in that, you're showcasing your talents right now Mm -hmm. you know it's you writing it's you editing it's you being project manager now if if you're writing and you ask me to write half of it that's not you so I'm happy to do it but I can't do it all for you
0: so you'll have you'll have it all turned in this weekend and we'll see how you do on Monday and I guess all that's left to say Casey is good luck. Thank you very much. I need it. Thank you.
2: Pop Culture Smarts. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Smarts. I'm your host Chip Longfellow. This week our theme is that constantly shifting trend, self-help. Pop Culture Smarts. First though, I'd like to thank our very special sponsor, life coach Rex Adler. This man's book has helped me grow from a homeless man living under a bridge to the man I am today. Let's let him tell you all about it.
1: Hi there. I'm certified life coach Rex Adler, and I want to help you live your best life. Are you failing at everything?
0: That was the newly formed Questionable Ivory Drinks. We'll see what the judges thought later in the show. Now, let's move on to our next team, made up of Jason Peters, Kelly Lincolby, and Ken Peleshock. This new team named themselves the Unsolicited Manuscripts. They came together, introduced themselves, and quickly got to work on the comedy angle of this week's challenge.
5: Any of you guys done comedy before?
0: Well, that's kind of a, I guess it depends on who
6: you talk to, right? Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Funny enough, me and my buddy, uh, we have a film review program, but we also, because we're both just big into comedy, we do these audio sketches for like each Mm -hmm. that are inspired by each film that we do. So Mm -hmm, in a given season, we do 20 films and 20 audio sketches. Dude, I actually, interestingly enough, just did a game show sketch because a large part of it is just picking the general aesthetic, right? Is it an yeah. old-timey 70s game show? Is it Who Wants to Be a Millionaire from the 2000s? Um, I tend to like the old cheesy game shows, like Press Your Luck and like Old Wheel of Fortune and stuff like that. There's just that like old like 70s vibe to it that's
5: fun, but I'm not necessarily married to it. I think... The strength of this is we don't have to actually try that hard. If we lean right. into that vulnerability mm-hmm. with the bizarre premise, that's that's
7: the key to comedy. It's when it's not trying to be funny. Remember that we, we I've been judged on a game show by these judges before. Our team, you know, tried we, we went too much into the funny. But this is funny, right? It is a comedy. Isn't it? Yes. But here's the thing it didn't matter. What we have to do is we have to make sure that our premise works first.
5: No matter what, I always think story. I, yeah, I think I kind of annoyed my other team by saying, guys, we need to focus on one story, not just list facts, you know, and stuff like that. And I, I think any good podcast is a story no matter what the good thing about a
6: game show is the story is kind of built in where it's more of like a competition right so if you really want to put it yeah. in like a first second third act your first act is introduce the characters uh, what's the goal, right? If you want to use like a hero's journey sort of template, right? Like the goal is $100,000 just for the sake of argument, right? The middle of it is your act two where we're actually in the game and we're just seeing the people play and they're jockeying for position leading to the third act where we have some sort of final game final Jeopardy, spin the wheel whatever it is, one big ultimate final game where the winner is decided and ultimately achieves the goal of winning his prize. I think if we did Jeopardy where it was just 10 minutes of question and answer, that probably would get dull so i think if Mm -hmm. we can kind of think in prices right terms it would lend itself to a lot of variety which would probably work well for us
7: what what if we do a game show at a self-help convention
6: Mm, okay okay like this is a
7: thing the convention tours they do this game show always on stage they pull people out of the audience to do the game show
6: in thinking about that, the only thing I can think of is that it may be more difficult to set up, right? So part of it is we want to just very clearly define. So I think that I think that what we're getting at is we kind of want to set ourselves up to like sort of make fun of these kind of right. things that you're talking about. Right? So and about, we want right? to we
7: don't want to make fun of self help. We want to make fun of these gurus. Let me specify. We are going to make fun of people. Let's face it. Not that's conditions. A, I don't make fun of like depression. I don't want to make fun of bipolar. That's a very good point. If
6: of- that's the case, so how do we be how how do we turn self help into comedy without being
7: if we make fun of the guru not the people
5: yeah i think like you know like your classic christopher guest movie is people who take themselves way too seriously but actually
6: okay so what if we did something like this what if we did like who wants to be a corporate guru and it's all about everybody doing like the douchiest corporate guru things to be like the ultimate corporate douche America's next top corporate du- guru. You know, on the one Is hand, it it's like, okay, if it's
7: a business thing.
6: Well, so I'm... I'm Okay, it's, then maybe you can help me, Kelly, uh, key in on where we can go with this. Because I keep bringing some of these things up, and it seems like it's not the right direction. So where could we go with the comedy that would work? They're fine with here, business. But... I have
7: no issue with business. I'm just tired of them saying we didn't do what they told us to. That's all. Well, that's what all. about... We, we've gotten that more than any other team. I'm extremely experienced with it. So yeah, that's yeah. the only thing I'm worried about. That's it. Okay,
5: so what about... And
7: I've, I've let everything go with my old team. Whatever they wanted was fine with me, so... I apologize, I'm fighting more now, but that's because, you know, it's more real now. And it's just, I've always let them do whatever they wanted to do. Um, And I just don't want to do that again, continue to make the same mistakes, and then get called out for not doing what it said in the brief again. That's all.
5: What about... Who wants to be America's next self-help guru? Okay, that would be awesome. We have a a woman chicken soup for the soul or eat, pray, love type or whatever you you're channeling, Kelly, and a more of a corporate Tony Robbins type. Is that what you're thinking, Jason?
7: Yeah, no, so, that's great. I think that's a great idea. What do you think of that, Jason? Yeah, yeah, it
5: works. I just that I I think that's a solid like a solid premise. They're full of they're full of BS, right?
7: Uh, Both I, of them? Uh, all of them, yeah. So oh, sorry. Jason said his mom was one. Not all of them, except your mom, Jason. She's but everyone, she's, she's, but, she's not listening so we can be honest about it. Okay, okay.
5: <laughs> yeah, but she, I'm sure she knows BS corporate gurus or whatever.
6: You guys do not uh, have to tiptoe around this as far as my mother is concerned. Please. It's okay. Oh just no. <laughs>
5: I I love your mother. I mean, we dated back in the... (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) How dare you, say? All
7: right. So the other one, the... So I think the final challenge should be they pull someone out of the audience. Um, And of course, the trick is this person is perfectly adjusted and doesn't need any help at all. But they're going to pull this person out of the audience and they have to find, find out what their problem is and help them solve it. As they go along with this person, this person actually turns into the guru and helps them with their problems. Okay.
0: After a little debate, the team, Unsolicited Manuscripts, was able to form a concept which they felt would eventually form into a suitable comedic self-help game show. They didn't have to trust only themselves, though, because they were scheduled to meet with their podcasting coach, Tom Merritt, to get some advice.
4: Hey, team two.
6: So, Tom, uh, one of the things that we're really, I think, focusing on right now is... Um, You know, we're basically trying to sort of lean heavy into uh, satire. Specifically, we're doing um, sort of, you know, satirizing the whole self-help movement, you know, by basically doing like, you know, uh, who wants to be America's next top self-help guru, right? Type thing, sort of that. Um, And Mm. then we've got like your sort of spiritual guru. And then we've got your like business life coach coach hustle guru. Um, One of the things that we're trying to find out, you know, is you know, trying to find that line between playing it straight versus mm. jokey. So where do you sort of fall on that?
4: I am not a comedian. So take <laughs> take the, take that into account. Uh, also, I'm going to tell you what I'm telling every team. You are not going to be funny. That's where you're starting. <laughs> you are not going to be considered funny by, this, by these judges. So you need to push yourselves and say three times to every joke, that's not funny enough. What is funnier? Uh, what I know of satire is satire is in the gap Between what you normally expect and what you're doing, the concept is in one arena and the execution is in another. An example of that, and maybe this isn't a great example, but an example of that is it's America's next top self-help guru. So we have taken the minds of the greatest self-help gurus uh, and put them head to head to determine who can help people the most. Let's start with the swimsuit competition.
5: So my, my thinking Tom was, was we would approach, uh, get the story solid so that at least it's got, um, a character arc, you know, and, and, mm. and the, the characters grow and there's kind of a, a moral to it. Um, the person they're they're focusing all their energy and self-help, uh, is, is actually got his stuff together more than the self-help gurus
4: hmm doesn't need the help
5: even if if they're not laughing at least we we're the team with a solid story because i i think what tends to happen is they just throw a bunch of silliness at the wall and mm-hmm. and it, it doesn't work
4: uh if you end up with a solid story with a character arc that they don't find funny you'll lose they will say okay. why did you give me a moral that's not funny They're they're not judging you on story arc. I'm not saying it's wrong to do that because that's a great way to build substance to build your comedy bits off. If you have no story arc and you're funny, you win. If you have story arc and no funny, you lose.
0: As the team went back to work to continue hammering out the script, the team's project manager, Jason Peters, took a few minutes out of his busy schedule to talk to me about the challenges of writing a comedy sketch with two strangers. All right, I am here with Jason. Uh, He is the project manager, second time being the project manager, in fact, for, uh, what's what's your new team name?
6: The Unsolicited Manuscripts, which is a reference to the fact that uh, two of us, myself and Kelly, uh, actively publish books in various capacities. You know, I mean, got to throw a little self-deprecation
0: in there while we're at it, right? How was it, after judging, what were the feelings and thoughts and everything about being your team being ripped apart. And, and
6: <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of daggers and a lot of hearts Monday night. Um, you yeah. know, I mean, it's uh, you spend three weeks with someone in the foxhole, you know, doing these sort of things, and you just, you know, you create those bonds. And then we actually really just seemed to gel together, you know, me and my previous team, just in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, creatively and, kind of getting on the same page super quick with regards to a lot of the uh, ideas, directions, etc.
0: The good side being that everyone got to be in the competition for the first three weeks, but then after that third week, one person from each team, three people all at once are sent home. And yeah, I mean... Uh- having to deal
6: with such a difficult challenge and not understand who you're working with and what your Mm -hmm. sensibilities are comedic and otherwise, and having to jump into such an off the wall, you know, difficult challenge. It was, I I think it was a little difficult at first. I would say that with this group, like we're definitely approaching creativity and comedy from different angles. And so it's definitely a different dynamic. Um, It was uh, I think, you know, the first day there was a lot of all of us, you know, trying to get our ideas in and just sort of them kind of clashing against each other because we kind of all had very unique visions, you know, who's our writer, you know, Kelly stepped up. She, I mean, this is as difficult a, a writing assignment as is going to be on this program. And so so mm-hmm. she stepped up and she owned it and, you know, all the respect in the world to her for that, you know, really it's the brainchild of, of Kelly and um, her style of humor. That's different than Ken's style of humor. That's different from my style of humor and the interesting thing is I think that in in doing so and really just approaching it from a supports perspective, uh, we allowed her brilliance to shine and she feels you know, very confident because she knows she has that support. the because the styles are sort of, you know, very different and disparate, like, uh, you know, we're kind of taking a step back from from. You mm-hmm. know, it's not like two people or three people writing. You know, we're really allowing Kelly to do the bulk of the writing and then yeah. supporting her
0: after the fact. You're letting the you're letting you you and your team do the work, and that's where maybe hopefully that'll really pay off for you.
6: Absolutely, and the one thing that I always go back to is look. I mean. All sort of, you know, artistic reception is subjective to the audience, right? And Mm -hmm. someone who thinks – I mean, we saw it, I think, even last week, right? Like, I think all of the judges kind of had a favorite – a different favorite production. Yeah. um, yeah. Which was kind of interesting, right? So that's already baked in. Who's to say that my style of comedy is reflective of what the judges want? And who's to say that Kelly's is or isn't, right? The point is, with something as subjective as comedy – you know your way is just your way you know there is no right. right way to say there's one right way to do comedy is just absurd right that there's it's so subjective I think
0: it goes further than that i think it's more than that because i feel like comedy is unique in 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 that it's if you're watching a a, a romantic movie or or reading something that is uh, you know like a suspense and you don't like it you're just like huh eh. That's just not for me. But when you watch something that's supposed to be funny and it's not funny, there's something <laughs> like you're, you almost get angry at it for doing yeah. a bad job, like for not entertaining you. You're like, that's not funny. Why would anybody think that that's funny? You know? <laughs> that's a very funny observation and it's totally on point. <laughs> Can't wait to hear what you put together and good luck. Appreciate it, Bobby. Thanks so much.
8: Welcome back to America's Next Self Help Guru, where we ask our competitors to improve the lives of our viewers. I'm Thad Montague, your host and biggest supporter. I know you can do the thing. Today, we welcome back our two finalists Wendy Worthington, the life coach who preaches health, wealth, and happiness, and Philip James, the spiritual guide who offers the self actualization of your dreams. Now, our grand prize this season is a three-book deal and nationwide tour.
0: Remember that if you want to hear any or all of the team's submissions in their entirety, you can find them on the podcast feed for America's Next Top Podcaster it's time to check in on our final team, Keysign, Trip Rogers, and Theo Seibold. They were put together on a team, and they named themselves Three the Hard Way. Keysign was made the project manager and quickly took lead on expressing his plan for helping their team maximize their chance to win this week.
9: I guess, am am I project manager for this, I guess?
10: I do believe you are, my friend. Tell them what the team name is. It is Three the Hard Way because... um, We love you guys
9: and everything that you have just done to us. We unanimously, unanimously all feel we have built solidarity. We could approach the challenge as, you know, let's try to make this thing exist, which I don't think that there's a way that you can make really a self-help comedic game show thing that can actually be done. But what the judges are going to be looking for is does it check these boxes? You know, I had first thought up an idea for, you know, trying to do a radio drama. And I think that that is the way that most people are going to try to go. We're actually going to make a game show. Um, and we're actually going to make it about self-help and it's actually going to be funny. Um, The idea is we make a game show in which it's is this a self uh, is this a self help book or is it something else? And we're given uh, uh, we're given titles and we have to imagine and figure out oh is that a is that a self help thing or no no it isn't it is it isn't it isn't it isn't much like the advice in these books the points don't matter where we are able to tick all of the checkboxes is then at the very end you know over the past few minutes we've had some fun you know joking about you know all of these self help books and everything and while we're of the opinion that they're really just cash grabs and they're not looking to offer any advice hopefully we made you laugh you had some fun but if you need help here's here's some options trip you just you you know you just have that voice so you're a very very I, I i strongly believe that you're uh, great for the host yeah that also helps so that the majority of like the improv and everything that that doesn't fall on you since you feel that that might not be your strongest point what um theo and i can do is we can go through and um Compile a large list of, you know, different things. That way, half of the knowledge is in my court and half of the knowledge is in his court. So that when we sit down and actually record, um, and you're just picking from this huge list of things that we've submitted to you, right. um, then then we genuinely don't know all the answers. And so we should look up a bunch of names of things that sound like they could be like a self-help program or book or instructional video or whatever.
11: Um, and and I, I have to say the fact that it turned into this is, is a good sticking point for me because a few years ago I dated someone and – she was where she went so went my nation but she was somebody who truly bought in to the self-help uh, oh, yeah. thing self-help quote unquote told her in her own way where it was like well he'll never be truly available if he did this you know how, how can he balance both and it's like well you know the whole self-help thing is telling you things you should already know like if it's about you then it should always be about you, even if you're comfortable with what's going on in your world. Like it kind of always has that pushback. So part of that was part of the reason she dumped me and left me mortified. However, it was funny because fast forward a year and a half later, she wanted me back. I, and that just bothered me. It's always made me skeptical of almost and and. and not recently, but I will say this: there was a time, and it was not long after her. It always made me skeptical of what people's motivations were. You know, it's almost—I hate to say—but it's almost like an indoctrination, and I—it is drives me bonkers. <laughs> That's <is>. my rant.
0: <laughs> With Keys' vision firmly in the team's mind, they met their podcasting coach, Tom Merritt, to see what his thoughts were on where they were headed.
4: Team three, how's it going? So this is a ridiculously hard challenge uh, that all three teams have decided to try to game theory each other into to failing. How are you approaching it?
9: We we were thinking of um, trying to throw comedy in there because we know that that is historically uh, the weakness, but we had a bit of an angle. And mm-hmm. the angle is we're actually going to do this prompt, um, kind of a game show bit. Is this a self-help guide or program or something else so for instance is this a self-help book or is this a yankee candle scent
4: that's the game
9: and that's the game okay but the whole time we want to make sure that we're actually talking to a very large systemic problem with the world of self-help which is a lot of it is bunk these snake oil things of saying oh i know the secret um to life itself and happiness and everything just give me 59.99 and sign here on the line and we want to have fun you know make fun and comedy with that but then also say legitimately if you feel that you need this kind of stuff there are a lot of free resources
4: i hate to say it but that sounds like a really bad idea. Okay. And the reason I say that is the greatest way to make something funny, not funny, is make it serious or put a message in it. Okay. On the other hand, I also, to get to that that point about the message, I think there's a way to do that, which makes the judges go, man, that was really funny. And I had a good point, too but it wouldn't be necessarily the exactly the way you described it where you like stop okay. down and you do the youth pastor moment of like we've all had a lot of fun here today but let's get serious it had it, you know yeah. it would have to be subtler than that you know it has to be worked in uh and and it has to be natural and maybe even almost like without calling attention to it Uh, And and I'm not saying I I, I know exactly how to do that. There is a way where if you are really funny, if you put in that work and you make these judges laugh and go, wow, that was funny, where you could end it with like, not only was it funny, but it made me feel good at the end. Uh, You want to finish up. You don't want to finish down, and it and the danger would be to like we've all had a lot of fun here, but now let's talk about the suicide hotline, right? Like okay, yeah. that's important, but it's suddenly like oh whoa, we just got real serious there. So okay. you got it. You you want to be careful of that. That that's that's my instincts. Excellent. No, y'all can do this. I I, I can't wait to hear it.
0: Tom had just given the team some harsh advice that they were possibly making a big mistake. Trip, Theo, and Key didn't let it throw them, though. They got back to work rewriting their script and planning their game show.
9: We could have different things, so um, uh, because okay. we're going to end up needing to record like a lot more than we're going to need that we're going right. to actually use. Right. Um, the first uh, self help list product that I have is Is this a self help guide? Or a $70 candle sold on Gwyneth Paltrow's homeopathic website, goop.com. Pure, calm wellness. Oh boy, that could go either way. We need to have a bunch of rapid fire... Jokes that we can right. make because, um, like Tom said, we need to go over the top. Doing yes. one joke per thing is not going to work. No. We're going to have to. We're going to have to keep hammering and doing rapid fire, funny, 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 funny. Since the premise is kind of so out of bounds and over the top on itself, like there
11: is kind of a lot of. Um, there's kind of a lot of go big, go home. Sink, swim, or otherwise. You kind of just have to dive in.
9: We also need to have some chops of um, I Hate You for Getting That Right so that we can play the, uh, the comedy of like disparaging our positions or disparaging each other's positions. One of the things um, that I have found in this competition is having a laser focus and not forcing the judges to think about too many concepts or too many things at a time is ideal. So having a game show, there's, you know, you could do all kinds of things and we can have this round and that round and this round and that round. And, you know, all we're doing is it's a very simple concept. I was saying not to use what I wrote. I am not the person that is listed as writer. I don't want there to be a potential
10: of saying, well, the didn't um, write it. I, I, I hate to say this, um, okay. uh, and, and, and again, uh, Theo, I hope I'm not speaking for you, but we are a team. Everybody writes. You know, the same thing as with the editing. If you don't like my editing and you make suggestions... You know uh, that's fine i we're a team and a team aspect is we all chip in and that's how i feel again if if i'm wrong here and and oh. and, and theo you you don't like what i'm saying that's then okay i'll, I'll i live by the listen we're a team well we, we all do team. it together no
11: i wholeheartedly agree with you trip i i okay. see it as you know especially ex-military i'm One team, one fight, you know, rise as a team, fall as a team, and I'm certainly not, and I don't believe in the concept of the stick pointing.
0: The team, three the hard way, had come together, bonded in their mutual challenge to make a self-help game show comedy, and with that focus, they got to work on their episode. Meanwhile, the team's project manager, Keysign, met with me to talk about the difficulty of managing a team and what they're doing to maximize their chance of winning. All right, well, here I am with uh, the project manager for the team, Three the Hard Way, Key, the project manager for three, your team is called Three the Hard Way. Can you first explain that to me? There
9: was a lot of um, upset what happened um, (laughs) with the change-up of the teams. Um,
0: But I've been listening to some of your planning and work sessions and everything, and you, your team, um, so you, Key, and then you've got Leo and trip. You guys seem to be getting along though, right?
9: We are. We are. Um, frankly, um, being PM has been like, a a really, really terrifying thing. I discovered shortly before the competition that I have been, um, afflicted with ADHD my entire life. And I wasn't properly diagnosed. Apparently I was, Mm. somebody said it as a child, Um, I went on some medication and then I had a doctor that didn't believe in the condition and I've gone my entire life thinking that I'm just not organized. I just don't have the ability to, to do all of that. And now um, I am, you know, getting treatment and I'm in medication and this is the first kind of big organizational thing that I have
0: done. What kinds of difficulties and challenges are you running into then?
9: So it's making sure that, um, I know the ABCs of all the tasks and such, and I've done, you know, production on a podcast. I've done, um, -hmm. this kind of stuff, but, um, managing and working with others is different from, You know, the whole idea of, you know, it just, just taking it as the wind blows and through everything I've done, things have just kind of happened for me. And this is something where now I'm consciously thinking about it and trying to help direct these two other minds towards um, something that can be construed as a comical self-help game show
0: Um, (laughs) which is which is a nuts proposition in and of itself yeah yeah but
9: thankfully i think we have come up with a concept that hopefully is going to be simple enough for us to execute trip is he does not feel that he um has any comedic chop. Well what's um,
0: what's tripp's role in this week's uh this week's work?
9: So he's going to be uh the um kind of the show host, the straight man, because yeah. one, his voice for one. Sure. Uh, and A then great he,
0: host voice, yeah. Absolutely.
9: And then two, he can He can be kind of the straight man setting up things for us, and we're going to kind of help try to coach and provide him with um, bits and pieces so that he can pretty much just pitch the ball and then, you know, we'll run with it. Well, it
0: it sounds to me like you're doing a great job then as the project manager and, and, you know, simultaneously, I think a lot of people are realizing that a project manager often... Doesn't, maybe doesn't have to, but can um, very easily take on the role of being sort of like the guide or, or t- you're thinking about that. You know, how can you best um, encourage someone and saying like, okay, you don't feel like you're great at comedy? Well, there are definitely other things that need to be done on any kind of podcast, including a comedy podcast. Right. But we want to make
9: sure that if you take our work at face value... And say, can it check this box? Can it check this box? Can it check this box? If you were to look at it as you know nothing else, if you were only looking for this aspect at a time, um, we want to make sure that you can recognize that.
0: Well, I look forward to listening to it. And uh, the world of self help has been around for centuries,
10: from the streets of Rome to the workhouses of Victorian England through to today. The difference, though, is that while the traditional and classical concepts focused on communities helping themselves, things like how we create workers' unions or starting food sharing or self-education programs, nowadays the term has fallen to snake oil salesmen focused on bettering their pockets under the guise of helping you in bettering yourself. While we can't fix that, we can at least point out some of the weirder and more ridiculous self-help products out there with a little game we like to call self-helpless. Welcome to Self-Helpless where we ask is a thing a self-help guide an author or something else entirely. I'm your host Trip. Now today we have two guests. Theo, tell me something about yourself. I went to Iraq 6 times.
12: Hello, this is Hammond Chamberlain. Sibilance is a frequency range where people hit the T's, the S's, and every now and then, other high peak frequency ranges. Waves has developed the Waves Sibilance plugin. This is a sophisticated, easy to use de A de is an audio processor designed to attenuate the high frequency sounds generated when constants are voiced. Some vocal sounds create a high energy peak, at certain frequencies. And this can be really painful when you're shoving podcasts directly into your brain. It also creates problems in your car. They're uncomfortable to listen to. Well, with the Waves Sibilance plug-in, you can actually go in, fine-tune each and every voice and save those. So if you do shows with people over and over again, tune it to their voice, load it in every time. If it's something that's just kind of a blanket, you want to kill the T's and the S's at the top end, do that. But it's got a ton of adjustability and a ton of customizability so that you can use it in any situation, both as a musician or as a podcast host. And I use it every time. I have developed profiles for all of the people I work with on a consistent basis, all the shows I work on a consistent basis, and I just load them in. And my my work on making things sound better just that easy is already done. Waves makes podcasting simple. These are affordable, easy to use, easy to add into your workflow and increase your show sound exponentially. Waves plugins from waves.com. Follow the link in the show notes to get more information about sibilance and get sounding better today.
0: It's just about time to find out what the judges thought about this week's submissions and which contestant will be going home. Before we join them and Brian on the stage, let's hear what their podcasting coach Tom Merritt thought about the team's chances this week.
4: Uh, team one doing uh, at least they were telling me they're going to do some kind of fill in the blank multiple choice react to TikTok parody ad for a self help company. They have a good they have a good energy. Uh, I. I think they're making the right choices in format. They may not be the most innovative, but they're 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 fulfilling the requirements of the task. Uh, they have a pretty traditional start, though, and I was really trying to push them to be like, you've got to step up your game uh, to win this. I think they can do it. They just need to put in the work team two uh, is going with uh, more of a situational thing with a satire uh, you know America's next top self-help guru I I think that gives them a little bit of a leg up because they built the comedy into the situation they still are gonna have to push it and they're still gonna have to level up to win uh, but they have a naturally funny situation in which to play it did seem like they got that they understood that I hope they also understand that whatever they have down on paper today is not good enough they're gonna have to keep elevating it and elevating it if they want to win but i like this concept it's a good one team three i think had a middle ground idea with self-help guide or something else although they're one example of is it a self-help guide or a yankee candle kind of made me laugh so they they may be on to something there uh they were really tied up in in bringing a message which i tried to emphasize is a great way to kill comedy uh, is to try to force a message in there. But what I was most encouraged about with them is they heard what I was saying. They were the only team to say like, oh, okay, that's good guidance. Uh, which means I think they may be taking to heart, okay, we shouldn't just push a message. Let's, let's massage this and make it work. This is a high risk, high reward idea. Uh, but if they're able to make it work and they're able to make those judges laugh, uh, then they may have the best chance of winning.
13: Greetings and welcome to America's Next Top Podcaster. It's a master class in podcasting that went to therapy and regressed into a reality competition. I'm your host, Brian Ibbin. Tonight on the show, we're going to play a little game, explore our inner psyche, and enjoy a little comedy all in the same podcast. Yes, we gave our teams the opportunity to each control an aspect of this week's challenge criteria, which can only mean one thing. There's finally a challenge the jury can't blame on me. Speaking of jury, let's meet him and the other judges right now. From Dog and Pony Show Audio, it's Justin Robert Robert Young. Hello. Hello, from Infinite Gain, Jenny Josephson. Well, hi everybody. And from the Frog Pants Network, Scott Johnson. Good evening. Hello and welcome everybody. Last week, our reign of goodwill ended and we sent three of our contestants home. Spoiler alert, they were all named Sean. We then reshuffled the remaining nine players into three new teams of three and gave each team a choice of podcast formats and styles. The team settled on the monumental or just mental task of creating a self-help game show comedy podcast. We wanted to test their ability to collaborate with a brand new team and to think on their feet. Justin, do you feel like the teams were smart in their strategies for the way they chose formats and styles?
14: Not particularly, no.
13: It kind of uh, shot themselves in the foot with self help or game show, you think?
14: Uh, uh, we're going to get
4: into it, but. Uh, all right. Okay. Boy, boy.
13: <laughs> Jenny, uh, overall, do you feel like the teams all represented game shows and self help in their submissions?
15: By the technical letter of the
13: law, yes. Uh, and then Scott, the last category was comedy. Overall, how do you think they did with the uh, the comedy?
16: Well, there was one joke that one of them did um, that was okay. That sort of made me laugh, and I <laughs> and the rest of it was a little too scripted. But uh, you know, comedy it's hard, as we know it's from hard. the comedy thing. And these guys, this is self inflicted gunshot wounds here. These guys took right. three really hard things and attached it to themselves. <laughs> So as a judge today, I'm going to try to remember the layer of complexity they brought on themselves. And then how did they do under that unbearable weight? Right. There we go. Yes.
13: Yeah. This is like uh, the equivalent of Survivor, them saying, hey, uh, Jeff Probst, could we have a second week where we eat uh, rotten fish eggs? Yeah, uh, Yeah, It's a little
16: (laughs) like saying you all have the flu and the fish eggs and the testicles and the rectum. So go for it. (laughs) And then we have to see how they do. But, you know, I, I... I, I kid mostly, but you know this is a heavy load, and yes, we're gonna is. we're gonna get into the 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 weeds on it. I'm sure.
13: Well, let's get uh, right into it. We're gonna start off with questionable ivory drinks uh, with uh, Casey, September, and Bill. Uh, so, uh, Casey, how did the how did the week go for you guys? It
2: went a lot better than I honestly thought it would. I was a little kind of I can't speak for anybody else on my team, but I was a little shaken when everything got switched around. Mm-hmm. But the three of us came together. Uh, we came up with what we thought was a good idea. We planned it out, and I think honestly, it came together quite well for what we were given. I think ours came together quite well.
13: Okay, good. Um, are you noticing? Obviously, you've got a new group. Is that you noticing a whole new dynamic as part of that? Or for me, yeah, it's a, it's a whole new dynamic.
2: It's yeah. it's you know, I kind of was really gelling with uh, the other three in the other group and. And it's not to say that I haven't with September and Bill. I have, I feel like I have, but you know what I'm saying? Like it felt different. I had to think differently. I had to, you know, you know, there's different demands to that, you know, and, uh, different
13: things that needed my attention. Well, let's see, let's see how you guys did. We're going to start off the judging with Justin.
14: Oh, so this is a very, very difficult challenge. Obviously you guys, um, had three things that were very disparate. Um, And the majority, in fact, all of you on some level, decided to go with a Neapolitan ice cream, almost equally one third of all of them. For this to work, you would really need to pick and drive into one. It was a scripted game show, so it wasn't particularly suspenseful. It was a a, a comedy where the parody was, I guess, a lady who's a hippie playing a game show not being good
2: sunshine morning star. Namaste. Question one. A good way to improve your focus and be successful in everyday tasks is A, getting plenty of sleep, B, making a lot of bliss, or C,
3: energy drinks. Ooh, O.C., energy drinks for sure.
14: Although all of you on some level decided to parody the concept of self-help, which is very understandable considering that it is funny to poke fun at it. Um, At least you guys did a kind of Good Place-esque sort of tour through Bon Mos in the self-help world. So uh, credit to you for that. But um, this was an absolute mess.
13: Let's move
16: over to uh, Scott. All right. I I got excited and then concerned when I heard the intro because I thought – Well, this is a nice, like, immediate intro, and then I went, oh, it's a little on the ham side.
2: Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Smarts. I'm your
1: host, Chip Longfellow.
16: And then it got a little hammier and...
1: Are you failing at everything? I mean, you're listening to game shows on the internet, so that's probably a yes.
16: Maybe things got a little too wacky for my taste um, overall, but um, I think it has potential. I think it just needs better writing. You know, had this been a project where you were like, hey, I've got 30 days to bang out a really rad podcast some more and better writing would have probably helped. Um, or some, you know, everybody kind of doing a little more improv would have probably, or any improv actually would have helped. Um, I think it's okay in this particular structure to have a kind of wacky over-the-top game show host, but the people who are who are there taking part, I think it would have been a more realistic uh, form of humor if they were real people reacting to real elements of what the game show host was saying.
13: All right, thanks, Scott.
15: Uh, Jenny, how about you? Okay, the best example of a scripted game show is Saturday Night Live, okay? It's a comedy game show. There are always rules. And generally speaking, either, to back up what Scott is saying, either the host and the rules of the game are so absurd that regular people are reacting to it, Or it's Jeopardy and the host is straight arrow and the contestants are out of control. So like it's always like a a normal person in an abnormal world or an abnormal person in a normal world. When you have a a way broad, over-the-top host and way broad, over-the-top characters, also like uh, does anyone on this team live in a place where there are homeless people?
1: Uh, yeah, I live in Los Angeles.
15: Okay, is it funny? I live uh, in Los Angeles too. Are homeless people living under bridges like on Kawanga? Is that funny? I, I no, I
1: don't. I, I don't necessarily think so. I think uh, the intention there was character-based comedy because that's my background. I think at the end of the like, we were just trying to set up that the host was all in yeah, on self-help. I,
15: right. Fine. But just when you double down on homeless people, it's just not funny right now. And so that takes people out Mm. of the funny. The homeless thing was
2: not really meant to be a joke. It was supposed to be an actual pitch for this commercial that we were doing. You know, so
14: when Tony the Tiger is saying it, it's a joke. Thank you. When a cartoon character is saying it. Even if he's saying, please make sure you adjust your mortgage rates appropriately and fix it in. It's a joke because Captain Crunch is saying it.
13: Thank you, uh, Questionable Ivory Drinks. Let's move over to the unsolicited manuscripts. Uh, how are you guys doing tonight? Hello, hello, hello. You know, with the big switch up, how did the uh, the new team arrangement go for you guys? Yeah, um, kind of a similar
6: response that uh, Casey had where, you know, it was just a... It was a different dynamic and, you know, it took a little minute to settle in, Um, but after a minute we did and, you know, it was kind of just everybody sort of, this this team, it was much more like everybody sort of playing their individual and specific roles and (laughs) the other people supporting those roles, you know, which was a little bit different from the first group around. I think that, you know, the three of us sort of approach comedy very differently and so You know, it was one of these things where, you know, you're pitching a joke and it's not aligning with someone else's vision. And then it's like, okay, well, this is just going to get worse. Let's go ahead and let's, you know, have someone take point, creatively speaking, and really just, you know, support their vision.
13: Gotcha. All right. Well, let's uh, let's see what the judges thought. We're going to start things off this time around with Scott.
16: All right. Uh, You guys had the best joke of all the comedy jokes. In my opinion, it was the reference to the frozen yogurt. Of course, my mama always said fibbins for the
5: devil politicians and the folks who claim frozen yogurts as good as ice cream
16: i thought it was okay i didn't laugh out loud but i kind of grinned um but a lot of the same problems i had with our first um one thing i think was okay and i and jenny and i might have a um an argument about this i'm not sure but i thought the affectation for the host voice was actually okay
8: Welcome back to America's Next Self Help Guru, where we ask our competitors to improve the lives of our viewers.
16: I think it would work a million times better and been the perfect voice had everybody else in the room been more straight, not reading from scripts. Uh, you know, improving in the moment, reacting to what the host said. The level of ridicul- ridiculousness of that host was not a problem for me it's only a problem in that it's not got the right bounce back from the people it's talking to. Um, And I kind of fell off on the end. I didn't, I wasn't able to really hook into much. Yeah. You did better. you did better than the last guys. How about that? That's not bad. Right. (laughs) All
6: right. Just skating through. We'll take
13: it. All right. Jenny, how about you?
15: First of all, let the record show that I would never disagree with Scott Johnson. I would only slightly (laughs) diverge from his main point. (laughs) Okay. This is Scott, you brought up something so important, which is on a game show, any game show that's really a game show. Only one person who's on air has the script, right? Like there's general rules and there's an outline and people know from watching The Price is Right, kind of how The Price is Right goes. But they don't have a script. That is what was missing. And again, Scott is right on the money. I thought like a sort of a unctuous uh, host was actually a good idea But this is my point. There's such a thing as like too much spin on the vocal ball, uh, a weird curvy knuckle ball. And then there's one that hits the batter in the head. And this one hit the batter in the head. It just was a knuckleball that went out of control. And that can even be funny, to Scott's point, if the characters are like, who is this guy i don't i didn't understand the bit was he Eeyore? was he just generally happy if he was happy he didn't sound happy but all the answers he was giving were happy uh and the other two that you had were like close behind on the sort of like tropey overdone like oh canada really oh uh and i'll always accept podcast guy how about a data analyst who won't shut up about his podcast right like as a as a trope, uh, that will never get old for
13: me. All right. Well, thank you, Jenny. Uh, Justin, I really liked your
14: soundscape. Look, you one thing has to lead. It can either be inspiring and earnestly self-help. It can be suspenseful and engrossing like a game show where you as a viewer want to be a contestant or it can be funny. This was probably I mean. All of them on some level were mostly trying to be comedy. Seinfeld isn't funnier if there's four Kramers. Like you need Jerry's. (laughs) You need who's just going to sit there and just be selfish and be a a person that everybody else bounces around. And and I felt like there were too uh, too many Kramers.
13: All right. Uh, thanks, uh, Justin. Thanks, Unsolicited Manuscripts. Let's move over to three the hard way. Keith, Theo, and Trip. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you doing? Could be better. It's, but... Don't answer honestly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about uh, for you guys with the the change up, the, um, the switcheroo of the, the, the teams there. How'd that go for you guys? It was wonderful. That was a
9: great idea of yours. Just, you know, <laughs> eliminating some person so that, you know, you got the idea. Idea of, oh, we're going to, no, I know this, I know that, and we're ready for it. And re- and then you just completely obliterate the entire game. So thank you. you
13: you've, you've heard of reality shows before. I know they have them on the internet where you reside. And, uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> I've seen a few. All right. Tell me about the podcast Self Helpless. Well, we wanted
9: to uh, hit all of the beats. The idea. You know, that first comes into mind is the idea of, um, you know, trying to do something scripted. And I got some great advice that I am very happy to steal, which is the first thing that comes to mind, throw it away.
7: Here, here's the rule with writing when you come up with your first idea, throw it away. Second idea, throw it away and do your third.
9: We then started looking at, well, how can we try to earnestly actually do it? Just, all of us collectively getting a whole list of crazy different names of different things. We just had a really, really long call where um, we played the game. We then went back and then uh, anything that we could try to think of, you know, in the moment of, man, I wish
13: I would have said that funny thing. Then we
9: went back and we did a bunch of pickups.
13: So the initial run through done pretty much in one take um those were the first time you guys were hearing those those this or that questions some of them we kind of discussed but but
9: um we tried to keep as many so that we could get as many kind of genuine
13: reactions, reactions yeah as we possibly could but let's see what our judges thought uh let's start this time with jenny okay
15: so of all three this was the one that felt the most like you actually played it which as it turns out you did so uh, that was the right decision, and I totally support doing pickups, but I think I didn't really understand the rules. I think Gwyneth Paltrow hasn't dated those guys in years, so if we're going to make a joke about her vagina, <laughs> make sure it's up to date. The vaginas don't retain the essence of the men from 20 years ago. like They recycle, so please, like, spare me. Uh, like, make your slightly misogynistic vagina jokes accurate. Honestly, Tripp's voice carried me through. I thought it sounded like a real show. I just didn't totally understand what was happening with the rules. But by default, this was the best of the bunch.
13: Very good. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you, Jenny. Uh, Justin. I agree. It was the best of the
14: week, largely because you guys did decide to primarily do a game show. And the secondary theme was... That it was funny, and the tertiary theme was that this involves self help stuff. So it didn't matter that the self help stuff wasn't all that big. I understand the instinct to go back and re record every funny possible line, but if every line is funny, then none of the lines are funny. And if we mm-hmm. don't see ourselves in the contestants thinking, struggling, making a wrong guess, making a right guess, then it's very hard to bind with the players, and you overloaded it and it wasn't as it wasn't either as much as it could have been if you had just trusted your instincts and not tried to overperform
13: thank you justin let's get over to scott smart
16: to always get trip is your moist man and in this case the template of either completely whacked out host or chill down to earth host worked for them uh, Cause you went with the chill down to earth host and uh, he does that naturally. So perfect choice for doing that. And that would make it easier for other sort of comedic elements or things to happen from the other uh, contestants. It was definitely closer to the mark though. And, uh, it was the best of the week. I mean, even with these problems, everybody's mentioned, and I agree with most of them. Uh, you know, it was the one that at least felt like a show, um, or, or at the very least an unpolished, ready to be now sent to committee to work on and figure out how we're going to workshop this thing into a show. And I think it could be.
13: Excellent. Well, thank thank you. you, Scott. All right. Well, uh, let's go ahead and announce, uh, the team that won this week. Um, and this is something, you know, I want to make sure that I underscore uh, something that, uh, that Jenny said. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's not just, it's, it's, it's the way you present something. It's de- the delivery of something, not necessarily one person's specific advantage or one person's specific voice. And that probably gives you an idea of who our winning team is this week. It is three the hard way. Uh, congratulations, Keith, Theo, and Trip. Um, but it, you know, Trip, you do have a, you do have a good voice. But I think you know, I, I want to make sure the judges get a chance to underscore this. It's something that isn't an unattainable advantage that you have.
15: Yeah, I want to super highlight
13: that. Yeah, please do. Yellow highlighter, yellow green, highlighter, green highlighter, green highlighter,
15: like no, the pink always, one that nobody uses. There's,
14: there's always one voice. Yeah. Each season, there's there's mm-hmm. a voice that either they're they got a they got a, a delightful accent or, you know, trip you have, you have a very polished broadcaster cadence, but there's always one. And, and I don't think it, they've ever won so like I hope that you're the one who breaks the streak
13: uh, all right so congratulations uh, uh, three the hard way so that means it's now the toughest part of the show this is where we have to announce which team came in last this week uh this was you know a tough one uh, scores were a little more all over the place a little more separate and um, this was just obviously a tough week for everybody but the, the team that uh, brought in the lowest scores, I'm afraid, were questionable ivory drinks. Casey, September, and Bill. Yeah, I think it was it was um, the fact that it was it was almost a little too over the top. I don't know. This one felt like it
16: a template for a better written show. Like yeah. it felt like that all of the structure, like the like the underpinning skeletal structure, was there. It just. That's that's really all I would say is that if, even of all three of these, like in some ways, our winner this week, their template, their skeletal structure is maybe more borrowed and therefore more familiar and and, 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 is, and an easier template to build around, which I think for this competition serves people well.
13: They don't have a lot of time and that's what they have to do.
15: Good Lord, borrow, please, borrow, borrow. Yeah, but borrow, borrow away. <laughs>
13: yeah. All right. Well, the good news is we know that you're all better than this, uh, and that this was a very tough week. That um, with the choices that that you guys made on the type and format of the show.
14: Can I can I ask a question of the team before we deliberate? Of course. Yeah. All right. So it, it listed it's listed here as project manager Casey, writer September, and editor Bill. But Bill, when you were talking, you were saying that you were in charge of the script and you gave it in late. So who did what?
1: I uh, no, I wasn't in charge of the script. Basically, when we were um, concepting uh, the ideas and everything, I kind of pushed them in a direction of character-based comedy. And uh, like I said, you know, I tried to support them as they were building. It. Okay, okay. I was, but
8: hold on, hold on, hold on, no. hold on.
14: But you were the editor. So you, in, in, in the open brainstorming, you pushed them to character-based comedy, but your job in this role was being the editor. Exactly. Okay, that's all I need to know. All right.
13: Uh, the judges and I are going to hop over and uh, deliberate, and we'll be back in just a couple minutes.
14: Yeah, so here's my, here's my thing. And it was edited fine for what it was.
15: I, I, don't, I don't think know. the editing was the problem. I think...
14: Uh... He did his job. If your editor's like, hey, you should do this thing and it's a bad idea and you're the project manager it's your job it was conceptually and a mess to
15: be clear the writing was execrable.
14: it sucked but it's like if everything's a mess and it has to be the project manager
15: i, I as a writer and as a wife of a writer i always want to blame the writer <laughs> uh, this thing was a hot mess from start to finish like everything about it was pretty tough and so that is a project manager's job to be like, this thing is going south. And maybe that's the lesson is not everybody's going to know what a project manager is. Uh, they should. But like in, in life, not everybody's been a producer or a project manager. So yeah. That's a fair lesson to learn. So I'm OK with either one of those going home. I, I, uh, I think we've made our decision.
13: Well, that the length of time should have been a good indication of uh, how difficult it was a decision for the uh, the judges. They had to kind of take a look at um, each of the different roles and where the uh, submission failed, where the issues were, where the um, where the problems were. And when there are problems in each area, Bill was given the task of editing. He he did edit the show. Uh, September was given the task of writing. She did write the show. So if there were issues in the way that the overall show was presented, that has to fall to the project manager. They're the end all. They're the producer, the executive producer of the show. And so it is always up to them. If all of those things are as the producer dictated them, then we have to kind of fall to the producer, AKA the project manager. And so I'm sorry, Casey, that means it's the uh, it's the end of the line uh, for you in this thing. Sorry, man.
2: Excellent. The way the judges bashed me tonight, I'm I'm ready to go. Oh. I've pretty much had enough of this.
13: Well, I, I'm hoping that it's still a learning experience for you. That you know that the. Not really. I, you know what? I'm just I'm just gonna bow out now. Um, thanks, guys. All right. Let's go ahead and move on to our next challenge. You guys ready to hear what the next challenge is? Oh, I guarantee it's a lot better than this one. Uh, Having an interview guest on a podcast is an age-old form of content. It can mix things up by adding a new voice to the show. It can add a new perspective, can even help increase the reach of a podcast by attracting new listeners or mixing the audiences between two shows. However, while the interview might seem like a shortcut to content, it's by no means a format that should be taken for granted as easy. You look at famous interviewers like David Frost, Oprah Winfrey, even Howard Stern, they've earned their legendary status through hard work, practice, and careful planning. So, on this week's challenge, you'll get the chance to test your interview skills. We've set you up with an interview with the infectiously outrageous Ali Spagnola. Ali is a YouTuber, a musician, an artist, a fitness expert, and an all around delightful person. She's published four albums, including that original 60-song album came on a little USB drive in a shot glass called the Power Hour Drinking Game. She's hand-painted thousands of pieces of free art that she sends to fans. She's done graphic design for Disney. She's created some of Android's default ringtones, which you've probably heard. Listen, I'd be worried about doing all of your research for you in this paragraph where I'm listing so many of her accomplishments. So, really, it's just scratching the surface. This woman is prolific. The task at hand is to plan and perform an interview. We're going to provide you a time and date to interview Allie. Each team gets 15 minutes total to talk to her, and the winning team gets a bonus this week. You guys get an extra five minutes of time, so a total of 20 minutes. Uh, Be there, ask your questions, and then take that interview audio and turn it into a 10-minute podcast episode. Don't underestimate this challenge, though. Anyone can ask interview questions. It takes the skill of America's Next Top Podcaster to make people actually want to listen. Three the hard way as our winners this week. Like I mentioned, you get an extra five minutes to interview Ali. So 20 minutes in total. So, yeah, you're still going to have the 10-minute limit on your podcast podcast. But you can use that extra time to ask some additional questions that might give you a few options for the overall direction of your final submission. Uh, judges, any suggestions? The only thing I would say is Allie. Allie is awesome. Uh, she's
16: also a. She will be happy to talk about everything. So you're not going to have a hard time getting stuff out of her. Don't worry about that. Like, be okay with a bunch of cutting room floor stuff because she is going to just let fly, and all of that stuff will be keepers. And I think you guys are in for a treat. She's awesome.
15: Research. Deep research. I can't say enough. You want to know how good the research is? Go watch Hot Ones with Sean Evans. Like, I can't tell you enough the the amount of research that goes into a successful interview show.
14: That's that's a great example because that show is very vetted by all the people that normally make interviews awful, like Mm. agents and publicity Mm -hmm. people. Uh, but it's still great because they do enough research and they're able to find things that aren't the the sassy, very important, like, you know, drama questions that, that they tend to avoid.
13: Excellent. Well, that is going to do it for this episode. On behalf of our judges, our coach, our producers and everyone who worked so hard behind the scenes to keep all the wheels moving. This is Brian Abbott saying thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on America's Next Top Podcaster.
11: America's
15: Next Top Podcaster is hosted and created by Brian Ibbitt. Hammond Chamberlain is our executive producer. The show is written and edited by our producer, Bobby Frankenberger. Alex Albisu conducts our post interviews and is our Patreon manager. Social media community manager is me, Monica Stone. Thanks to all our patrons and sponsors. And most of all, thank you for listening. For more information, go to America's Next Top